National anthems are supposed to be celebrations of a national identity. Of course, what they usually end up being is a song about why our tribe isn't just better than your tribe, it's the best tribe of them all. And if you don't sing along, or if you sing the wrong song, then you're an enemy of the state. We now live in a world of weaponized anthems. Welcome to this continuing series on national anthems, the worst songs in the world. My name is David Pate. I'm a broadcaster, writer and journalist in Halifax, Nova Scotia. The next song on our alphabetic list of UN member anthems is perhaps the most dangerous one to get wrong. If you mess with China's anthem, then you can expect a furious response. But first, a quick look at the origin of China's anthem. As you might expect, it's a revolutionary song, but you might be surprised to learn the song was actually written for a movie. The March of the Volunteers was the theme song for a 1935 film, Children of Troubled Times. <laughs> The times were indeed troubled. China was embroiled in a civil war between the nationalist government and communist rebels. But the movie, produced by communist supporters, is actually about people fighting the Japanese, who took advantage of the civil war to launch an invasion. The song became so popular that when the communists finally took power in 1949, they adopted it as the national anthem. China had several anthems before that one, stretching back to the 19th century. The anthem used before the communists took power is still around. The losers in the Chinese Civil War fled to Taiwan and brought their anthem with them. It's still the official anthem of Taiwan, but as few countries recognize Taiwan as an actual nation, the song is rarely heard outside the country.
China makes sure that Taiwan's anthem isn't played at international events when Taiwan is represented. For example, at the Olympics, Taiwan competes as Chinese Taipei and uses the appropriately named flag anthem at gold medal ceremonies. All countries want their anthems treated with respect, but China takes policing of its anthem to a unique level. There are strict rules about when and where the anthem can be played and by whom, and if you show disrespect, then you can expect to be arrested and jailed. So when the wrong anthem was played at several occasions involving Hong Kong sports teams, the response from China's rulers was fast and furious. It's easy to see how the mistake is made. You can imagine that the person tasked with loading up the anthem playlist at a regional sports event is probably pretty junior, maybe even an unpaid intern. And if you're looking for a country's anthem, chances are that you'll use a search engine like Google. If you Google Hong Kong anthem and play what you find, this is what pops up. Hong Kong does not have a separate anthem. It uses March of the Volunteers like the rest of China. What you heard was a pro-democracy protest song written in 2019 called Glory to Hong Kong. China's government hates the song and what it represents. So when it was played at several sporting events by mistake, Beijing demanded action. It ordered Google to remove the song from search engine results. Any organization, any responsible organization, should act in such a way to ensure that the national anthem is played correctly. So far, Google has refused China's demands. And just to make it absolutely clear, this is the official national anthem of all of China including Hong Kong. It's hard not to love a good piece of opera, and South American countries definitely like their anthems to be operatic. Colombia was late to the anthem game. It didn't adopt its national song until 1920.
The anthem itself was actually written in the 19th century, based on a poem written by the country's president when he was a young man. The music was written by an Italian-born musician, which accounts for the operatic tendency. The anthem is a lengthy one, with 11 verses and a chorus, but is usually performed as just the chorus and the first verse. But all 11 stanzas are part of the official song, which is why one Colombian citizen asked the country's Supreme Court in 1997 to declare the anthem unconstitutional. The complaint was based around language that advocated violence, sexism and religious discrimination. In fact, the same things that many of the world's national anthems are guilty of. The court declined to get involved, ruling that the anthem is merely a song and that its lyrics do not have the force of law. But the anthem there has been changed before. A verse was added during a brief war with Peru in the 1930s. Soldiers marched to battle singing about the joys of giving their lives for their country. That verse is no longer sung. The island nation of Comoros lies off East Africa in the Indian Ocean. Its anthem was adopted in 1978, replacing the one used since independence from France three years earlier. The lyrics promote faith, God and unity, the faith in this case being Islam. But there's not much unity or stability in the country, which has suffered through numerous coups and attempted coups. The anthem has been one source of continuity. The author and co-composer of the music was an amateur musician. Saeed Hashim's daughter said he loved music. She told a Camorran newspaper that when he wasn't working at his regular job, you could hear him humming and playing percussion with his hands, sometimes even to the toilet. Perhaps the most easily confused countries on our list are neighbours in Africa, both sharing the name Congo, taken from the river that forms much of the border between the states. The country to the west of the river is variously and confusingly known as the Republic of the Congo, Congo Brazzaville, or just Congo. Its anthem, La Congolaise, was adopted in 1959 after independence from France. The lyrics take a fatalistic turn in the third verse, which asks, and if we have to die, what does it really matter? But that's not usually sung. The more positive first verse, which talks about the sun rising and bringing great happiness after a long night, is what we usually hear, along with the chorus.
the anthem is actually on its second life. It was replaced in 1970 after a communist coup. Like many communist regimes, it didn't survive the collapse of the Soviet Union. The original anthem and flag were readopted in 1991. It's good to be reminded that national anthems aren't actually essential to the existence of a state. Most countries managed quite happily without them, but once they started to become popular, that everyone wanted one, if only to avoid looking foolish when a foreign dignitary showed up with their own song. That's what happened in Costa Rica in 1852, when Britain and the United States established diplomatic relations with the new Central American nation. A ceremony was planned to welcome the new ambassadors, which is when the Costa Ricans realized they didn't have a national anthem and the musical director of the military band was asked to compose one. It was performed for the first time in June 1852. The anthem didn't have any words and didn't make much of an impact at the time. It wasn't until more than 20 years later that a push began to adopt a singable anthem. But it took even longer before acceptable lyrics were found, following a public competition in 1903. After some minor changes, the winning words were finally adopted as the official lyrics in 1949 almost a hundred years after the music was composed. Few things are as political as a national anthem. The words, how it's sung, how it's played, or how people react when they hear it. All these things are keenly observed by people who view the songs as national loyalty tests. And the best way of showing loyalty, of course, is to be listed as the author of the words or music. But sometimes politics intervenes and people who didn't do the work get the credit. That's what happened with the anthem of Côte d'Ivoire, the Ivory Coast. was adopted in 1960 after independence from France. Like many national songs from new nations, it was the result of a competition. The jury picked a song written by two Catholic priests. Pierre-Michel Pango composed the music and Pierre-Marie Coty wrote the words which reflect his Christian beliefs. The song was performed officially for the first time in the National Assembly on Independence Day, August 7, 1960. The two priests were invited guests and were very surprised when it was announced that the lyrics of the anthem were written by a politician with the collaboration of Father Cote. It turned out the politician 
who had also entered the national anthem competition, had persuaded the president to approve some minor changes to the lyrics of the winning song and ended up being named as the principal author. It wasn't until 2013 that the country officially recognized Cote as the main writer of the anthem. He was still alive to acknowledge the tribute and said, the gesture erases 53 years of forgetting or indifference. The nation of Croatia emerged from the collapse of Yugoslavia, one of the many nations that arose from the remnants of former communist states. Its anthem is an old one, dating from the mid-19th century, although it wasn't formally adopted until Croatia re-emerged as a state at the end of the First World War. The four verses of the anthem are taken from a much longer poem and omit the parts that call for Croats to fight for freedom and for mothers to feel joy that their sons have died for their homeland. The verses sung today are all about the beauty of the country and the singer's love for its mountains, plains and fields. Countries that are born out of violent revolutions make pretty predictable choices about their national anthems. They celebrate death, blood and victory, and generally toss in a few references to breaking the chains of slavery. Cuba is no exception. The song was written during an uprising against Spanish rule in 1868. Legend has it that the poet and soldier Perucho Figueredo wrote it while sitting on his horse after a rebel victory. The song calls on the rebels not to fear a glorious death, for to die for your homeland is to live. There are two other verses that are no longer sung because they were deemed to be too anti-Spanish when the anthem was adopted after independence in 1902. The dropped verses call the Spanish vicious cowards and tyrants. Somewhat surprisingly, the anthem survived the 1959 revolution. Its glorification of combat and rebellion were clearly in line with the communist regime's views. Our next anthem is complicated. The island nation of Cyprus is recognized by the United Nations as a single unit, but a third of the island is actually under the control of Turkey. While Cyprus is officially an independent nation, its ties to Greece are very strong, 
which explains why it adopted the Greek anthem as its own. Greece and Cyprus are the only nations to share an identical anthem, both words and music. The Turkish-ruled segment of the island has adopted Turkey's anthem as its song, but as it's not recognised as a state by any other country, I'm not including it here. Anyone who's gone through a divorce knows how difficult it can be to split up the joint assets. So when a country divides itself, who gets to keep the anthem? Czechoslovakia existed as an independent nation from 1918 until 1992, and its anthem proved surprisingly easy to share. That's because it was basically two songs stuck together, one Czech, the other Slovakian. The first part became the anthem of the new Czech Republic. The song is entirely a celebration of the beauty of the country. It's one of the rare anthems that doesn't invoke a god, celebrate violence or ignore women. That's partly because it wasn't written as an anthem, it began life as a song in a comic play in the early 19th century. It proved so popular, it was an easy choice for the new nation of Czechoslovakia. And because it was very much a Czech song, the Slovakians were happy to let them keep it. Earlier in this episode, we heard the anthem of the Republic of Congo, a country that's often confused with its much larger neighbour, the Democratic Republic of Congo, which was known for part of its existence as Zaire. The anthem Arise Congolese was adopted on independence from Belgium in 1960. The song is remarkably restrained, given the exceptional brutality of Belgian colonial rule. The huge country, the second largest in Africa, was the personal property of the Belgian king for decades. It was only when his private army committed such widespread atrocities that even other colonial nations were outraged that the king handed over his private country to the Belgian nation, who ruled it until independence. The anthem merely calls on the people to hold up their heads after being bowed for so long. The anthem was actually replaced in 1971 when the country was renamed Zaire and then reinstated 16 years later when the military dictatorship was overthrown 
and the country's original name restored. Both the anthems were written and composed by the same people. Denmark is one of only two countries that has two official national anthems. The one we mostly hear is called There is a Lovely Land. That's what's played at most national and sporting events when an anthem is called for. It celebrates a beautiful country, home of noble women, beautiful maidens and strong men. But there's a second anthem that is played when the Danish monarch is present or at military ceremonies. This one is far less gentle and a reminder that Denmark was once home to Vikings. It celebrates King Christian, who ruled the country for almost 60 years until 1648. And he was a warrior. The song celebrates him swinging his sword so hard that it went clean through the helmets and brains of his Swedish foes. Terror and death follow the good king into battle under a blood-red flag with a call for victory or the grave. Not exactly the kind of peace-loving progressive sentiments we usually expect from Denmark. But remember, most national anthems contain lyrics that make them the worst songs in the world. <laughs> 